friends in the industry. I'm Josh Hannabury, your host of the Truck Focus podcast, and our podcast on the mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. So today, I'm really excited as I get to speak with the author of an excellent book, Mother Trucker, Missy Rickman as well as we dive into her journey as an author and over-the-road professional, and we talk about what sparked the dream of her writing her own book. You can learn more about her by visiting mothertruckerthebook.com. To be honest, I've been wanting to write my own book for a couple of years now, as I believe it's an incredible opportunity to help empower others. So maybe you've considered writing a book, but you're not too sure where to start, or even if entirety is something that you actually want to do. Well, you definitely want to stick around till the end of our conversation, as Miss he shares some incredible advice that I believe all of us seem to be authors can apply. If this is the first time you've ever checked out a Truck Focus podcast, I really welcome you to our community and all of our dedicated listeners. I wanted just to continue to say thank you so much for your investment of time. I ask that you like this episode and share it out and subscribe to the channel that you're listening to. Well, I look forward to the impact this conversation is going to have. Let's get to it. Missy, welcome to the Truck Focus podcast. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I know we've been talking for a while, just like obviously in the land of social media, and we've been planning out this journey to get onto the podcast together. But the fact that we can do it, super excited. And I've laughed, like literally my cheeks hurt from laughing before I hit record. <laughs> so I think that's a really good sign just for our listeners too. So super excited. So uh, Missy Rickman, she is a over-the-road professional driver. She's the author of Mother Trekker because it's never too late. And I'm excited to kind of go through part of your journey, a lot about the book, where you're headed with the book, and without giving any secrets away, of course, but just really grateful that you're here. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on your show today. Appreciate that very much. So yeah, this is really cool. So kind of to start us off, and again, I think this is really, it's, it's really cool for me, but it's really encouraging for a lot of other people too, where you basically lived a certain life and then you're like, you know what, it's time for a change. And you just literally flipped the page and here we go. So can you walk us through who you were before you became an over-the-road professional and then what shifted or what pivoted so that way when you became, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go get my CDL and kind of walk us through that journey. Sure. Sure, Josh. Um, my personal journey, um, I had been in I guess what you call corporate America for al almost three decades. Um, I used to tell people uh, my last major job was a property manager and I felt like I sat behind my desk, gained a hundred pounds and just hated people. So um, my then um, husband um, had talked me into selling our business. We had went on to have a property foreclosure servicing company. And uh, my last child graduated high school. And he said, why don't we become over-road truckers? Well, I'm all about traveling. And we did our uh, due diligence. We um, did all of our research and sold the business. And there we went. At 45, I left um, state of Tennessee um, went to Missouri and got my license and I've never looked back. So <laughs> that's what, that's the way we started. Um, getting into a big truck was like, I thought it was going to be such an, um, uh, an experience that like, oh my God, there's no way I can drive something that big. And then as soon as I sat into the seat, it was just like, 
an ah moment. So <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fell in love the first time I sat into into the driver's seat and pulled the air horn. And I don't know how it is in Canada, but you know that is um, the best thing in the world that can happen is when kids or heck even teenagers are even the best too. They get such joy, you know, air pumping. And so the first time I got to pull my air horn, it was like, oh yeah. I'm meant to do this. <laughs> yes. That's incredible. Yeah. Actually, my, I have a 12 year old son who's a big trucking fanatic and mm-hmm. where we live, there was probably in and out at one point close to uh, like a hundred trucks and pups just delivering dirt for backfill and him uh-huh. and his best friend. So his best friend's dad's over the road professional too. And uh-huh. they both stood literally in the corner and did this. So those I yeah. can't see, I'm literally going air horn hawk yeah. <laughs> and they just, they literally the neighborhood got lit up. And they were like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I can imagine the uh, just the joy of being like, well, yeah, the impact of that is phenomenal. Yeah. And it's nice to see. <laughs> there's there's I have several um, examples in my book of that, of just the pure joy of it and just different groups. One, um, I won't tell them all, but one of them is top of this hill in Texas, little town. And um, I seen like a, it was like a uh, van that had like a cargo um, trailer hooked to it. Turns out it was a group of Boy Scouts. And so they were kind of up on the hill waiting for their truck to get done. And not only were every Boy Scout air air horn or um, arm pumping, but so were the sh- the chaperones. Yeah, I laid on it all the way past them. And it was just like, yeah, you guys made my day. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah, it's so that's one thing I admire, honestly, the most when I talk to different people that actually have experience behind the wheel is the uh-huh. fact that those are the stories that so often are never actually relayed. Like yeah. maybe in a community of professional drivers, we're all telling the yeah. same story. Remember this, 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 oh, I face yeah. this. Like that's common. But to yeah. general people, it's just like, no, that is like such a good feeling. And yeah, seeing some of the massive stuff that gets hauled down the highways and stuff. So I'm, anyway, I'm glad that you could experience yeah. that. Oh yeah, that's that's probably I could be having probably the crappiest day on the road, and yeah, something like that'll just make you smile. So, yeah. so I really I really enjoy it, and I think it kind of lost an art. You know, it's an art form. You know, you you go down the road, and so many people are on their phones nowadays, and nobody's really paying attention. You know, so when you get past that school bus, or you get past that bus, you know, that car that has you know three and four kids in the back, you know, um, I love it. It's it's yeah. just probably one of the best part of the job. So agreed. Yeah, I did a social media post, I think it was this weekend or maybe on Monday. And uh, so just a few days ago, but it said, I wish I could get paid for liking like good looking commercial vehicles on Instagram or on social media or whatever I said, because you're just like, man, look at that one. Look at that. Like just pride in your ride suite. But yeah, just again, being in those moments, I think they're special. And yeah, seeing the kids like from the back end of the school bus going, come on, come on. And then when you honk, (laughs) they get all jacked. Like, yeah, I think that's (laughs) just a good part of the culture for sure. Yeah, it is. And I, you know, I see it on social media. Everybody puts that on there. Like, you know, make an old trucker's day, you know? And so it's like, man, I wish, I wish kids and you think about us as kids that's what we used to do and so it's like uh, people our age yeah you need to tell your kids and show your kids how to do that so yeah so it needs to come back full force I would be so happy to to see that all the time so totally agree yeah you gotta loosen up the shoulder and ah yeah yeah okay but yeah Yeah. my (laughs) father-in-law he's actually an over-the-road professional too and he's been Uh driving I think just basically since my sister-in-law was born. So 30 something years and his, I love his, well, I love the passion that he still brings into his conversations and the pride. Like he, uh, there's a 
there's a truck stop maybe 20 minutes from our house where he'll stay and like we'll go pick him up or whatever and he's yeah that's my rig and yeah this and i got to do that and i'm like yeah. more people need to know that that's a big mission that i'm on even with the podcast too is just to really share like adventures and stories and mm-hmm. catastrophes and how you navigate through it but anyway it's a yeah. it's a good part of the lifestyle for sure yeah well i love the fact that you have a show about that because um and, you know, a lot of people don't know. And until I got into the seat of a 18-wheeler, as a four-wheeler going around, you don't know how fast it takes or how long it takes to stop. You don't know where the blind spots are. And people, it's not that people, well, some people, they'll break check you and they're just, you know, a-holes, you know. But some people are just totally ignorant to this. And I feel like this is something that, like, when you get your license at a young age, you should have to watch these videos and and see what you're doing so you're more cosmic of what's going on around you. And so, you know, once you get up in that thing and everybody says, oh, you'll see things that you'll never unsee. And in this day and time, sadly, it's people on their phone. All it is is people on their phone. And so there's so much distraction and they're just in their own little world. But outside of their world, here we are with an 80,000 pounds. You know, we could be, I mean, we're a bomb essentially because we just can't stop on a dime, you know, and it's um, hard for people to understand that. You know, and they say, oh, well, you know, it's not going to take, oh, no, it takes us like, you know, a couple of football fields to get us slow down, you know, so, um, so I'm glad that there's the people like you out there and bringing awareness and, and doing stuff. And, you know, we touched briefly on, we have the trucking life group, um, truckinglife.live. I'm putting a shameless pitch out there. I apologize, Josh. It's good. It's good. <laughs> but we we want to we want to be seen as okay. Um, Margaret Debalotti, she's a one of our um, fans and one of our groups. Um, she um, is doing truckers are human uh, hashtag truckers are human um, movement to show you know what we are human. We're the ones bringing your stuff from here to there. We're the ones who are you know we don't have bathrooms at certain places and you know during corona what was their biggest thing to do shut down all the restrooms and put out porta potties and it's like how is that supposed to make our life any better but we're the ones still out there pulling so i i think it's wonderful um when you have shows like this and having um and bringing it to light so people know hey you know this is this is how it is out there and that stuff that you see on the shelf it's brought to you by you know people that are out there and so like your father-in-law, my goodness, he's been out here longer, way, way, way longer than I have. I have props to the props to the uh, pioneers of the, you know, of the industry. So great. Yeah. And the, uh, something that I thought was, I, well, I hope it, I hoped it hoped as in past tense, it wouldn't have fizzled out per se, but the thank mm-hmm. a trucker movement to me was really special. Mm-hmm. Like you can't see it because we're audio but actually we created signs that we posted around mm-hmm. calgary where i live just saying mm-hmm. thanks because we understand yeah. that literally like you're in the battlefields per se like mm-hmm. not war but you're in the trenches mm-hmm. every day and yeah mm-hmm. some of the things where it's like sure i can impact some of it but not all of it and the people mm-hmm. that are ignorant to the fact bathrooms is a huge one food parking like mike and that is just I like the human part and yeah, I like reminding people like, you know, we're all human. Right. And yeah, I think that's key. And so, yeah, I just, you have, you have all my respect as a professional, but also, yeah, absolutely. As an author, which I'm excited to talk about too. So yeah, I think that's a good time to pivot there. So 
Mother Trucker, because it's never too late. And uh, yeah, so everyone listening, definitely check out the show links. I've definitely dropped the link where you can obviously learn more about the book, but more importantly, you need to buy the book. We want to show support to Missy. So definitely, uh, yeah, to our listeners, check it out. But if you wanted to kind of give us a rundown of what, I guess, in your mind sparked the book, like, was it a a lifelong desire. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be an author. Was it because you went through this change for yourself? You had your business. Now all of a sudden you're rocking it in a truck. Like what caused the book to yeah come to life? Well, I'd always said my entire life, I'm going to write a book. Just loved writing my entire, you know, um, my entire life. I kept saying, oh, I'm going to write about this. I used to say I was going to write uh, my disastrous love life and other funny stories, which I don't know that one will ever be a book. But once I got into this, once I got into this industry and the first time I seen um, the um, sunrise in um, Wyoming in the Green River area, and it was just like um, I met God moment kind of a thing, I thought I'm writing this down. And I thought I'm going to write a book about this. And I'm an amateur photographer. I'm the photographer for the family. And um you know, the amount of pictures I took, like the first six months I was out there was just phenomenal. And I said, I'm going to write a book. Well, I ended up going through a divorce and I stayed in trucking. My um, now ex-husband just didn't like it whatsoever, even though he wanted to get into it. Um, and I said, you know what, I'm going to take my experience and I'm going to put it into a story. And so I wanted my main character to, um, um, I developed her with a sense of what my past was, um, with, uh, you know, my corporate America, um, ties to her saying, I want something different. And so I went to my girls and said, okay, we're going to change the names. You get to pick them. You know, we're all guilty, but to protect the innocent. So that's how the book was formed. And so I took every story of ours along the way. Um, I met these girls in a night um, program um, at the trucking company I went to, and we just hit it off. And it was, we were just a group of girls that were so all different, all different parts of the um, country, all different ages. I was kind of the mama bear of the group. And, you know, we had some young ones. We had one who's, she's kind of floats around our free spirit, like a bohemian little, oh my gosh, she's just such a beautiful soul. And so what I did is just, um, I constantly took my pictures um, and I kept writing. And then I had, um, unfortunately I had an arm injury, took me off the road for a while, but then it was a period of time that just sparked and this book came out. So I had it all wrote by the time I got back on the road. And so it was just everything kind of the stars lined up and I had a book by the time I was done. So. Hey, Josh here. Just a quick interruption from Melissa and I's conversation. As I really want to encourage you to purchase a copy of Mother Trucker, as I believe you will have a blast reading it and you'll feel so inspired. It's so worth it. So I've included the, sh- the link in the show notes on where you can go to purchase. Well, let's get back to the episode. That's amazing. So the, for the, so I, well, I don't want to take any excitement away because I want to talk about the fact that you're doing part two. But so the first part is the majority of the book is about your past and how you, you as in the character navigated the change. Now you have your team, you have your people, you have your girls, which I think is phenomenal. And through there, you just kind of walk through the journey. You share some stories and make a bunch of people laugh. That's kind of the, I'm, I'm on point there. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's, that's actually nice. a good way. And the easiest way, if I if I were to describe uh, my book in one sentence, 
Smoking a Bandit versus Bridesmaids. So if you think about <laughs> that, yes. And so uh, the book started with her thinking about it, you know, and um, and then she had an epiphany one night and then it all happened and all the funny stories um, of what happened um, of her getting into trucking. And then she went through the training. So that's part of it. And then it gets to the part, the book, the book ends with her thinking about being a trainer. And so that's where I left off. And um, can I go ahead and tell your audience the, uh, yes. oh, the, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new, the new book coming out part two is going to be called, Oh, it's on mother trucker. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm so I stoked. Oh it. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, again, I wish we hit record earlier because I was laughing so hard, but when you, it's Melissa McCarthy, right? Yes. Uh, okay. So. Once I re- once you start talking about her, I just internally I'm just giggling because a she's hilarious. But when you think about bridesmaids, uh, this is totally sub part of our conversation. But I just remembered that wedding dress scene. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Oh so my about, word! <laughs> I have a whole chapter on that. Okay. So just so you know, and it was inspired by bridesmaids. So, um, yeah, we. Um, we have a whole chapter dedicated to incidents like their, like the wedding dress, um, um, where they went to the um, bridal shop to do the fittings. Yeah. So you think bride, bride's uh, maids was funny. You are going to love, I want to say it's chapter 18, but don't quote me. <laughs> it's been a while since I've looked at what chapter my book is on. So yeah, mine uh, happened in Ontario, Canada in the middle of the day on the last row of the TA on I-5. I'll just let you know that. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I still remember like snort laughing at that movie. So yeah. when you were talking about that, I'm like, man, that's incredible. Yeah. So yeah. the <laughs> so from the from your girls, I love that. So from the girls' perspectives, what um, what are they? I say most jacked about with the book. Is it because it's a group? I guess a group dream coming to reality. Is it because, Oh, that was my input or that input, or are they just along for the ride? But what are they most jacked about? They are absolutely along. They just love that. I was able to take and describe each one of them to a T and they're like, Oh my God, that is so me. And so the way that I, you know, I'm told, you know, how we met, and then our stories of us training together. And then subsequently, after we all got onto our own trucks and made it through training, and then some of the phone conversations we'd have. And some of the phone conversations, and I don't know, um, you're probably a little bit younger than me. Um, this is back in the Super Bowl when it was the what's up, you know, and it was Charleston. What's up? What's up? You know, so when we get on a phone call, hold on a minute, you know, and then we have to add somebody else. And so we would do this all the time. What's up? Up, up you know, and so the younger kids of the group who were in their 20s they're like what and then they're like oh you talking about scream you know yo dookie oh yeah so it's like totally different but the same you know so it's a it's a generational gap uh laugh for us as the old people to know what that was you know it was a um the um I want to say it was, maybe it was a Super Bowl commercial that started out for the Budweiser, which we thought was just hilarious. And then they did it on the movie Scream or one of the, one of the horror yeah. movies. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was funny that how all that tied in together. That's how we talk each other. So it was pretty cool. That's so. phenomenal. Yeah. I think a big part of our industry that I, I just know it's often missed is the camaraderie and the fact mm-hmm. that you can build a family of people, obviously not mm-hmm. through blood, just your passion, care. You just yeah. genuinely care and you click and you're kind of like, 
like, yeah, some of my best and closest friends and mentors are, yeah, yeah, different professionals that I've been fortunate to work with. And that's a big yeah. driving factor, honestly, for the podcast. Some of the inside jokes, you're just like, oh, my guts just hurt from laughing so hard because it's just, <laughs> to you, it's so funny and when it's relatable. But the fact that, yeah, yeah, you can portray that through, remember this movie? You remember this scene? Yeah. That's what it's, to me, I just think that's so perfect when you're really just, come on, I'll take you for a journey. Yeah. Let's go. Like, yeah, yeah I think that's... <laughs> So cool. Yeah. I'm growing so. up, me and my children, and they're all grown and married now, but our biggest thing was quoting movies, you know. And so we get on the road and you know, I'm quoting something from Step Brothers, like, hey, you like guacamole? And everybody's like, and it's funny, everybody's laughing, except for that one person not laughing, and it's like, dear God, please tell me you've seen the movie. You know, and then you've got to school them in the movie, you know. Uh, what movie, you know, you're oh, you're missing out. You've got to watch it. You gotta get up, you gotta get with the program, you know. Yes. <laughs> you gotta yes. know where we're coming from. So yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I remember when Will Ferrell went kind of through a stretch, there was uh, not streaking. Oh, I forget that movie now. Uh, when he's on college campus and he's yelling, I'm going streaking. And then he was. Oh, in that yeah, one. that's old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that one. Then the, the one with the uh, race cars. Uh, I want to thank you, baby yeah. Jesus. And you're just. Like, yeah. But yeah, yeah those. Uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I no, might, I might, I might have been guilty of quoting uh, Talladega Nights a couple of times. Sweet baby, you know, eight pounds, sweet, <laughs> ounce, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> I might have made it one or two in there. So, <laughs> so cool. So again, from our listeners' perspectives, there's a lot, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of obviously laughter in the book, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just, yes. <laughs> I'm really grateful that you allowed yourself to go that far too, because I think a lot of times, like I was, well, I was taught it's called a terror barrier where you're going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you get smacked in the face with a bunch of reasons not to, or you yes. think something's a great idea and you just don't do it because you kind of become passive. It's nice mm-hmm. that you literally took the bull by the horns and you're like, no, screw off. I'm going for it because yeah, yeah it, the world's better off because you did. And I'm super grateful for that. So that's well, I appreciate good. that. Um, and that's one thing that I feel like once the book came out, um, I had um, several um, different girl groups online um, say, hey, we want to interview you, you know, and let let us do this and let's do that. And so um, and then I had my first um, book signing um, in Jackson, which um, is a town I used to live in here in West Tennessee. And um, it was amazing, amazing the amount of support I had. And I had this one lady um, drove 500 miles to come to my book signing. And we we. And she's not a trucker, but she runs Trucker Talk Line, and it's for it's for drivers who just need somebody at nighttime. And so she has a beautiful story, which she's going to be on this Sunday on our on our show. Um, but just the people you meet along the way. And um, I had somebody from my hometown of Indiana. We talked a little bit earlier about um, growing up in Indiana. Um, she reached out to me and said, "Hey, I got a best friend. Um, she's getting ready to go to trucking school." would you send her a, a, a signed copy and give her some inspiration? And not only did I reach out to her and I, I sent her a book, um, but I also, she just now is home this week and she has already finished her training and she's getting ready to get her new truck. And it's just like, Oh my God, it's like, what are my girls? It's just like, I'm like a mama hen. And so it's so nice, you know, and just hearing stuff from people, like I had a lady randomly the other day, send me a message and said, Hey, I was on Amazon shopping for curtains and I found your book. And guess what? I started driving last year and I'm 52. And so it's just like, it's amazing. Like, you know, the six degrees of separation that it reaches out. And it's like, it gives me goosebumps every time. Like, these are my ladies, you know, these are my people. And so 
it, it, it's such a good feeling that me writing my book, I'm glad I did. That's one thing I'm just, I'm glad that I put, I, I'm glad I took the chance and I'm glad I went out and, and put my words down on paper and for people to say, you know what, I can relate to that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Relatability is so important. And I think mm-hmm. the, uh, the world needs it after we just went through for the last 24 ish months mm-hmm. where I think a lot of people <laughs> lost their sense of belonging. So when mm-hmm. they can read something, especially since you're buying curtains, that's what yes. you said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, wait, okay. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that is really, really phenomenal. And yeah. just, yeah, the community that you've built too, because again, uh-huh. People often feel like isolated, especially when you're by yourself. And especially if you don't have a CB and you're just, okay, what's on the radio today? Like, okay. Like, but the fact that you're putting so much effort, your girls are putting so Uh much effort to build a community to help and also recruit, I think is another Uh key component to that where really, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I'm thrilled with where my place is in life at the moment. So good. Good. What about from well, maybe not from, have people reach out to you saying, I want to write a book. I don't, I don't know where to start. Have you had people reach out to you yet to ask that question? Like, how do you, how uh, do you start? Yes. Um, I've had several people do it and several people are like, Oh, so-and-so said I need to write a book. Cause they had such, you know, a great, their, their, their life is just one big story. And so I have, you know, the biggest thing I tell people is put it down on paper. You know, even if you don't think that you're ever going to publish it, put it down. Do not forget it because those those memories are going to fade if you don't have them down. But if you think you're going to, then go ahead and start shopping it around. You know, the biggest thing is um, I self-published and what I'd love to have, um, you know, a publisher, publishing agent. Oh, heck Yeah. But at this point in my lifetime, you know what? I, I took the gamble. I said, I'm going to look at all of these different um, publishing houses and see what I can do for me. And so when I t- um, talk to people who um interested in it, it's like, put your pen to paper, get on Google, pull up all the different publishing houses. It's um it's tricky getting your own publishing, you know, your own publishing agency and getting on, you know, getting on the, um, you know, New York Times, you know, bestseller list. But that's OK. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be number one. You know, I look on Amazon sometimes in humor. I'm like number two thousand one hundred and thirty four. I'm a number though, <laughs> you know, Good it's like, job. I'm on there. Yes. or I look on it and then it'll say, um, like for my hardback copies, it'll say order now only nine more left. I'm like, Oh, somebody else bought a book, <laughs> you know? So it's exciting to do that. But, um, for those who, um, um, want to, you know, follow in my footsteps, absolutely get your numbers down. But I, the only thing I recommend is don't just settle for one. Go ahead and see what the other companies are out there. And my publishing consultant, I got, went through Author House um, Publishing. Um, Virginia Morell is my oh my go-to girl. She said as soon as as soon as I talked to her, we clicked. I, she knew what vision I had, and um, she's been by my side ever since. And so you just have to find your person, you know. And that might take you a while, but don't, that shouldn't stop you from writing. Um, I got a friend who is a beautiful carpenter and he's always said, I'm going to write a book, but my um, grammar is horrible. Well, you're not writing a book for grammar. You have a, you know, you'll have an editor to help you with that part of it. You know, don't worry about the part that you're not good at. You need to get those thoughts from your mind onto paper. So that's really key advice too. Cause I think it's fast mm-hmm. for people to kind of limit their, mm-hmm. maybe they can't 
spell. Okay. Maybe you yeah. can't do that. It's like, okay. So knowing that part, I think is really important too, because mm-hmm. well, you've eliminated the excuse, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you just need someone to help kind of clear the weeds and say, mm-hmm. no, no, come as you are, get some stuff from yeah. your head to paper. And then, yeah, the, uh, I think just the whole thought process is really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, no, that's awesome. So, um, I always like to ask a couple questions, mindset questions, because I'm really big in that space and it's really important to me. So do you think, like when you operate day to day, so if you're at home, if you're with your girls, if you're over the road, are you thinking about the impact that you're having on other people? Or are you naturally just, like you said, mother hen? Is that natural for you? Or are you aware, like, do you pay attention to the fact that you're recruiting and that you're helping people and that you're leaving a strong legacy to the people that you talk to? Are you aware of that? Yeah. Um, I think, and it's become more, um, when I first started, I didn't know where this journey was going to take me. You know, I was just so proud of the fact that I did it. That was the number one thing. And then when I held my book in my, um, in my hands for the first time, when it came through the mail and I'm sitting there, I don't know if I sent you a picture. I'm sitting there in a gray t-shirt and, um, a lady up at one of the thrift stores here in town. She took a picture of me and I'm like grinning like a little kid at Christmas time. That is like, it was just such a joy. But now that the book's out and I've had so many people respond. And now that I'm a part of um, the trucking life group, me and the girls, it's like almost a mentor thing, you know? And it's like, you know what? I am almost 50 now. And I feel like I've had an impact, even if it's three and four people, it's such a wonderful thing to say, okay, let's get you in here. Or I had these ladies saying, I'm 52, you know, I'm too old. No, you're not. You are not too old. You know, this is what, let's, let's, let's see about you getting your um, DOT physical. Why don't you go ahead and start studying for permits, that sort of thing. And so I feel like I'm always there to encourage. I just um, changed companies um, within the last couple of weeks and I'm home with an illness right now and hope to be back on the road Monday, but I'm really focused on getting women into the industry. You know, um, that was one of the reasons I wanted to be a trainer um, was because we didn't have enough women trainers. Um, the women right now, I think I looked it up today and it says in some places it's up to 16% women. Um, it's like, I want to say um, it was around 8%. So it's still, that's still a long way from being, you know, um, um, I don't even know what I'm looking for. And that's enough. pretty bad one. I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> not um, nearly. Yeah. Not nearly enough. But, you know, I always tell people, and this is kind of a joke, but it's like, you know, when you go and women are more patient, you know, for the most part, women have less road rage, unless you count my daughter. Um, you know, and, and but at our, at my age, I feel like, okay, we plan stuff. We, you know, I don't get so like, I could stay in LA traffic all day long, you know, and it's like, it doesn't bother me. Like it's some men. And I used to always say, you know, well, with women, we usually don't hear us saying here, hold my beer, you know, when you're going past, you know, <laughs> making a, you know, making the stupid mistakes on the road, you know, some, you know, how young boys are, you know, they don't have the patience or the, oh yeah, I'll, I'll get past that where we're more, um, we're more, um, God, I can't even think now that I'm, not that I'm on, on your show. Um, we're more subtle and we, yes. we um, tend to think, you know, things through and say, okay, snow's coming up. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to get out. And so when you see these pilot videos on, oh my goodness gracious, I always look for the company I'm with, like, please don't let one of ours be one, you know, and it's, you know, 
accidents can happen in a blink of an eye on the road, you know, and every, you can go from being a good day, everything's great. And then what happens when fog comes up, next thing you know, there's a 50 car pile up and people are dying, yeah. you know, and it just hits you in the gut. Like, oh my God, I, I, that's the worst part of the job is seeing stuff that happens and seeing stuff that could be prevented too. So, yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. think from a, obviously I'm a man, so I can speak on behalf of myself where I notice part of it, I almost get competitive and part of it, I get really aggressive and mm-hmm. it's only when I'm behind the wheel. Cause I'm not really in a, like, I don't, I'm never really in environments where I feel like I have to protect my family. Uh-huh. Like we live in a safe city, thankfully, like we live a, like a very mindful lifestyle. So that way we're, we're just mindful. We really care about our family, but I'm like, why do I get like that when I'm driving and I don't drive over the road anymore. Um, and I didn't drive long distance, definitely like what uh-huh. yourself does. So for me, it's very true though. What you just explained. Cause I'm like, I'm going to pass this guy. Like, I don't even need to pull gears right now, but I'm going to just be, and like, there's just something there. So yeah, uh-huh. you're absolutely right though. And I'm, I like you're an advocate obviously for women, but for industry, because that's exactly where my heart sits too, where I'm like, there's Mm -hmm. so many good people out there that don't realize the opportunities in industry. They, they literally think it's, well, if I do that, that's it. I do whatever the role is that my entry role is. That's it. And it's like, no, (laughs) like that is the beginning. And you Mm -hmm. choose what you want to do. You just have to enter our industry to say, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Like my career. I've been very fortunate from, yeah, starting like literally as a driver to getting into dispatch operations, compliance, health and safety, like all these different roles that you can navigate. It's like, okay, are you willing to put your hand up? Yes. Are you willing to put your time in? Yes. But anyway, I'm glad that you're an advocate for the industry too, because I could tell right away, like we really align with that, which is good. Yeah. 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 Like I told you earlier, I I love the fact that you're what you have and what you promote. And, you know, we need a lot more of that. Um, And one thing I love about, you know, social media can be a really crappy thing or it could be a really good thing, you know. And my biggest thing is, um, you know, compliance or zero tolerance in this industry, especially, you know, the talk is always about weed, you know, if it's legal in your state or, and I don't know about it, is it legal in any of the provinces up there? From a, yeah, from, well, there's legality around it, but yeah, it is, mm-hmm. they legalized it not too long ago. Yeah. Well, like in Tennessee, there's nothing. I mean, you can use CBD oil and stuff like that. However, you know, I feel like if you have that golden ticket, the CDO, you do everything in your power to protect that, you know, and when you're on the road, you don't need any type of vices that put you any, you know, that's going to cause you any type of under the fluence, you know, you don't want to be under the influence of anything. And so when stuff comes out on um, a lot of our pages, well, you know, they're set up with like state patrols and stuff like that. And there was somebody in Georgia that says, if you're going to illegally park on an off ramp, you might not want to have your drugs with you. And the guys, this, this state troopers um, hood was full of like syringes and all this drugs and stuff. And it was like, those bad apples are the, what gives us the bad name. And I'm glad that we have um, some groups that we we put it out there like, uh-uh, you know, we don't tolerate this whatsoever. And I'm glad that you know, we have people that are like that who can take, you know, take that. that was lucky that he got them off the road without hurting anybody. I mean, it could have been a totally different situation, yeah. you know. And so I'm a huge advocate for uh, that ticket um, is your freedom, you know, yeah. and you treat it as such, you know, um, you worked hard to get it. Don't squander it by doing something stupid. Yeah. 
you know? And so if you have vices, like let's say you're, you know, meth is your drug of choice. You don't need to be behind, you know, an 80,000 pound bullet going down the road. So completely um, agree. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. The, uh, I was actually just in a, in a meeting with a sergeant of uh, law enforcement here in, in Alberta, and he was giving us a presentation and it was interesting. Just, I find it interesting listening to law enforcement's perspective because a, he, I really respect him. He's a buddy of mine, but he's really like, he keeps it at the human level too. Like he doesn't like the cop hierarchy that you can see out there. So for him to say, this is what's happening. And he's like, I don't necessarily agree with it. Obviously I'll enforce it because it's my job and it's the law, but when you can show the human side of it, but then there's absolutes and yeah, drugs and alcohol behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Nah, like Mm-mm. don't even waste your time. And yeah, I think a lot of times people don't value the profession enough, even when you're in the profession and it's not just a job at all. Like it's a badge of honor and you need to be proud of the fact that, yeah, you've earned your license. It's not a right. You earned it. So yeah. you got to respect yes. it. What's your take then on, obviously speaking on behalf of yourself as a professional driver, but what would you say you're most grateful for, for professional drivers that are out there? Um, I guess the the biggest thing I'm grateful for, um, I'm grateful for the pioneers that have paved the way, you know, that have showed us this is what, um, this is what, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle, you know, and sometimes I think, and I've talked to several people, it's like, you have to have that gypsy blood in you to, you never know where you're going next, but those people that have stuck with it and, you know, I mean, movies have been made about it. I mean, look at Convoy, you know, the guy that sang that song, he just passed away. I think what last week, McCool. And, you know, it just, it just brought up this generation of, um, you know, everybody was my age is like, oh, my God, look at these trucks. But they're the ones who paved the way for us, you know, and along the way, everything has changed. You know, it used to be the running joke of I run two log books and, you know, now we have e-logs. Um, I didn't end I didn't enter the industry until 2018. So I was never on the on the backside of the paper logs and finagling this and that. And, oh, you know, trucks that were ungoverned, you know, I'm a little old lady. I drive like a little old lady. If you're going to go past my governed 68 mile an hour truck, more power to you there, buddy. You know, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. But, you know, that's that's what we call the super truckers, you know. But the super truckers of this world and even the women back then, you know, they had to put up with a heck of a lot more than what we have to. You know, they're the ones who paved the way for us to do what we can do today. And um, on the road, 99% of the men treat us just like any other truck driver, you know, that's there. And then, of course, you're going to have the ones who, and I have a couple of stories in my book. One happened down in Florida. Um, this one guy came up to me and um, he had a long nose Peterbilt car hauler. And um, yeah, we had a, a little altercation at a Love's truck stop. So it's a pretty funny um, incident that I wrote about. But for the most part, this is such a brotherhood and it's, and it's, it's tight knit. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of talk now about how it's not, you know, we've kind of got away from that, but I don't feel like it's dead. You know, I feel like it can, it's still there. And do we need more of it? Oh, sure we do. But, um, everybody has to try, you know, you know, we have to be, we're all on the same team doing the same thing. And our ultimate goal every single day is, um, moving our product from here to there. You know, that's what we do. Yeah. So. Phenomenal. No, I appreciate that. And I just really appreciate the fact that you hopped on the podcast too. talked for a while and I'm glad that we can make it happen. So as we come to an end, can you give us the website where people can visit, obviously, to learn more about yourself, 
Um, so that way they can purchase another trucker. So that's a big, uh, that's a must. And I actually made a sticky note because my wife does all of my ordering online because mm-hmm. apparently I'm expensive. So she, uh, <laughs> the, the, I was just Sorry. like, here's my list. Make it happen, baby. So it's, uh, yeah, make sure that you pick up a copy. But where do people visit? So that way, yeah, they can learn a little bit more about you. Maybe contact you. They want to talk or purchase a copy of the book. Well, um, all of my social media and obviously on Facebook, it's Missy Rickman is um, my regular page. I've got a public page along with my book is uh, Mother Trucker because it's never too late. So you can go to either of those. I do have a website called mothertruckerthebook.com. And that's where you can buy all three versions. It's it, the ebook. Um, paper book and um, hardback copy. And then you can also go on Amazon. Amazon is actually the fastest way. That one is the one that will show up in your door within a week. Um, and then if you want a signed copy, um, I, all I ask is that you um, get a hold of me or send me a PM on Facebook. And what I'll do is just send you an invoice. Um, I'll get the book in, sign it, and then I'll send it on to you. Um, and so I just did a um, revision of the back of the book. I had a good Kirkus review. So I just re, um, I had it redesigned. So those new books, I haven't ordered any inventory yet because like within the last two weeks, I'm waiting for my copies to come in the mail before I start ordering any more inventory. So there's several ways you can do it. And if you want to, like I said, Amazon is the easiest way. You can go to Barnes and Noble. And if you just put in Missy Rickman into Google with the name of my book, Mother Trucker, the book, um, Mother Trucker, because it's never too late, it's going to pop up like 400 places. And I'll be like, I don't even know I was on eBay, but it's out there. So, you know, so there's all kinds of places. And it just depends on if you're an e-writer or if you want the actual copy in your hand. Um, and one of my future projects is doing an audio book. So hopefully by the by the holidays, that book will be out. And for um, truckers, you know how it is going down the road. It, it's going to be so nice. So I'm super excited about that project. I'm going to be starting here in the next couple months. So yeah. Amazon or mother, mother trucker, the book.com. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Mother trucker, the book.com. Definitely go check it out. And yeah, just Missy, thank you so much. <laughs> A, my face hurts because I've laughed. <laughs> I know you can't, those listening can't see, but I fist pumped it. I don't know how many times in the air. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yes, this is awesome. But I just, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate the mm-hmm. fact that you're you and you're really just advocating for our industry in such a powerful way. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just super grateful. And I'm, as I mentioned off, uh, like offline before I hit record, I'm really excited for you to come back. And I know that kind of around the holidays is a good time for a couple of things for yourself. So I'll definitely be, hey, hello, remember me over here? Let's do this. So we'll definitely get you back on though, because again, so much value, but I, I really appreciate the laughs and my cheeks are sore. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Well, I appreciate you and giving me the invite and I've been looking forward to this. So um, yeah, it's um, it's been a pleasure and it's been fun. So I appreciate yeah. and thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much again. Okay. Bye. All right. Missy, thank you so much for joining me on the Truck Focus podcast today, but also for sharing your incredible story, not only as a professional driver, but also a successful author. So today, for myself, the biggest takeaway definitely was how passionate you are about the transportation industry, but also really appreciate the impact they're having with your book. It's honestly, it's incredible. So I highly recommend all of our listeners just go learn more about Missy's book, Mother Trucker, because it's never too late by visiting mothertruckerthebook.com and make sure you pick up a copy while you're there. 
Furthermore, if you have questions for Misty, you can contact her directly from her website. There's just a contact button you can press. So again, if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus podcast, I really welcome you to our community. And all of our dedicated listeners, I want to continue to say thank you so much for your investment of time. I do ask you to like this episode, share it out, because again, there's so much information that Missy shared that I think impacts all of us. So people that want to write a book, people that are operating over the road as professionals that need some more encouragement and so many more. So again, thank you so much for sharing it out, taking the time to listen and all that good stuff. Again, Missy, thank you so much just for the impact that you're having in our industry. As always, let's create a pivotal impact.